Hey everybody, welcome to episode 217 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan and I am joined, as always, <laughs> by Dave yes. Hope. What's up, Dave? Uh, you know, um, I am jo- I'm, I'm enjoying being an older, not old, but I'm enjoying my 50s. I'm enjoying some of the perks that go with being a little bit on the older side of life these days. So well, what are those things, things, perks? things that used to bother me, I kind of let roll off a little bit easier than I did once upon a time. Um, you know, I'm enjoying the whole, uh, well, kind of, kind of in conjunction with that too. I don't, I'm finding myself not sweating the little stuff that I used to sweat. Um, yeah, just, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say wisdom, but just the, the knowledge that comes with having spending, spent some years on this planet. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's my, where I'm at these days. So, all right. I'm one, enjoying day I, being, one day I wish to be there too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying being 50 something. So it's right. Yeah. Now, getting old to me has not been a bad thing. Well, that's good. At least thus far. And I'm super, I have XM radio on my XM and I'm super into the lithium, which is the alternative nineties <laughs> and grunge channel. I'm super digging that right now too. And the fact that that was like 30 some years ago. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Soundgarden and Nirvana. <clears throat> yeah. Some of that. Well, well and, and, and I'm even having like these moments oh, of like man. bands that I had no idea who they were and like hearing some songs and just being like, I had no idea that that's who that was. And I always thought that was, I always thought that was REM, but no, it's <laughs> somebody else. So anyway, Very good. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm sweating the small stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's the stage of life I'm at. Um, well, yeah, there's a time and a place for that. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, just. Life is. In a. What's the right word here? Not difficult. I think frustrating or annoying mm-hmm. point right now just with you know just logistics of some stuff and uh, trying to find a new place to live and that's always just yeah a headache um, especially in the area that I'm looking to move up to and it's just finances and it's just all of the not fun adult things that like you have to make decisions on and put the hard work into and no guarantees it's just it feels daunting some days but say la vie <laughs> yes but hey i tell you what's not daunting or frustrating or annoying being here with you dave on the masterclass it's good podcast, it's good to be here Tis always yes. enjoyable and oftentimes i find rather thought-provoking hmm Mainly because of what you say, but not. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. So it, it's funny that you say that because uh, I've had, so I'm working with some new police officers that are in the police academy. And one of the things that I always share with them is um, my faith background. Mm-hmm. And then this go round, I actually asked them about their, so this are is, you this allowed is another to ask one. Them? No. So this is, this is one of those, like being the 50 and like being like, okay, I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of shared mine and kind of couched it a little bit. But this week I was literally like, this is me. I want to know about you. And I said, what's your spirituality slash faith background? And I went first kind of being, thinking I was being vulnerable or being, you know, kind of putting myself out there before I asked them the question and like to a kid and I say kid cause they're all in their twenties. Mm-hmm. It was a, I grew up in a church, a home that went to church and believed in Christian, you know, I, a Christian home. I grew up in a Christian home and then f- five out of the six, it's a small group, but five out of the six all wanted to justify why they had gotten away from. <laughs> I was background. waiting for that. Yeah, I was waiting for that. And it was almost like there was like this guilt. And I just told him, I was like, look, guys, this is like, that's not my purpose in this. Like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or, or anything like that. Like you guys know, like, and I even kind of like put it all out there of like, this is what the gospel's about. And cause to a person, they all basically said they, they grew up in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, guys, this is not about, you know, you don't have to have your act together. Like, it, it, like get the gospel of sin management going back to, mm-hmm. uh, our, uh, well, I was trying to think of what I was going to call them, but, um, our podcast shaman. <laughs> sure. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have a, I had a term for him, but anyway, going back to what, you know, Dallas Willard of just gospel by sin management. And I kind of shared that with them all a little bit. And I, I have no idea where it really landed because uh, I didn't have any like after follow up questions or anything like that, but or follow up discussions with any of them. Um, but yeah, that was part of that's it was part of that whole like I really just was like, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. and I'm going to find out. I'm going to start this conversation. And um, there's actually two buildings for the department that I'm working with right now. Outside, I'm not I'm not sworn. I'm going to civilian position basically a uh well a wellness person so it kind of fits with with all this but i'm in the same building as the recruits and then the main police department is is like a few blocks away from where we are and so i'm constantly running into them and talking in and talking to them at lunch and that sort of thing so i'm kind of excited as to where this all uh potentially could be going all right folks uh this is editor cam speaking we had a little bit of technical difficulty there and so the podcast is just gonna we're just gonna take off uh at the scripture reading so sorry for the interruption back to your regular scheduled episode all right so here we are at john 1 19 through 28 and this is the testimony of john when the jews sent priests and levites from jerusalem to ask him Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And then they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he said, no. 
So they said to him, Who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, Then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So this is this is where we're very much focused on John the Baptist on this one. And early on in my ministry career, I had a more senior ministry person, pastor, kind of use this verse for me and just said, look, you got John the Baptist. And John the Baptist says, uh, I am not the Christ. And in ministry, you're going to be tempted to want to think you are the Christ. That you can do everything. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, you need to learn to be like John the Baptist and freely confess that you are not the Christ. You cannot do everything. So get it in your head now that you are not going to please everybody. And even the Christ, you know, even the Christ couldn't please everybody mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, and yeah, that that kind of stuck with me. Like it kind of like I'm not gonna say I always listen to it, but <laughs> it was one of those like, like that really stood out to me of like, okay, I am not the Christ. Like I can't do everything. I'm not God. Like basically, I'm not God, and I don't need to be God. You know, I need to let let the Holy Spirit be the Holy Spirit, kind of a thing. So mm-hmm. every time I read this, that's what comes back to my mind. That's good. It's good advice. There is a God, and I am not he. (laughs) So I find it interesting that they're so, them being the Pharisees, right? So, I don't know if desperate's the right right word, but like even he says, uh, we need to give an answer to those who sent us. Like, why, why are they so interested in figuring out Mm -hmm. what, what, what is doing? But then, two, they're ob- obviously making connections to Old Testament prophecy. So, like, they must see what's going on and, in their knowledge of Scripture, recognize, like, wait a minute, this could be, you know, Elijah come again. This could be. Right. So, like, perhaps I just answered my own question there, but I, I just find it really interesting that they're so interested in figuring out who he is and why he's doing what he's doing and who he thinks he is. And, you know, it's just like they send an investigative party out to go get these questions answered. And that just has always, it's just been interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think if anything, you know, um, there's this, this, this kind of little section here of, to me, I don't know if I, if I want to say it lends legitimacy to it, but there's just like, this is the way it would be. Like if Jesus is really coming and he's rocking the boat and he's making waves and people are not comfortable with who he is, you're going to see this kind of stuff going on. Like you're going to see people like 
sending out the posse going, Hey, who are you and what are you up to and what's going on? And, uh, in particular, you're going to see like the Pharisees cause they're, they're like, they're the leaders, right? Like they're the people that are kind of in control when it comes to the, the Jewish world, the religious world. And so the fact that they are made uncomfortable by this, um, to me almost, it, 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 it does. It, it's like, I believe it's more true than if everything just went completely smooth, <laughs> you know, like, it's kind of like, this is more like, yeah, this is the way it really goes. So the other thing that's interesting too, is they don't ask him, like, they just ask, who are you? Right. And he confesses, I am not the Christ. Like he jumps all he the way that. to yeah. the, like, I know what you're thinking sort of a deal. I'm not the Messiah. Yeah. I am not the one, you know, coming and uh, to usher in the kingdom. And then they, and they're like, all right, well, if you're not him, are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? No, 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 no. Um, but then he quotes Isaiah. I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. And so, I don't know, like he knows his role, right? He knows Exa- yeah. exactly where he fits. You know, he, and we even hear it, um, oh gosh, where is it? Earlier in chapter one. Uh, there was a man sent from God whose name is John, starting in verse 6. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So that's like the first uh, mention of John the Baptist here in the first chapter of the gospel, according to a different John. And now we're getting the full breakdown. And so he knows what his role is mm-hmm. yep. and why he's doing what he's doing. And I just don't know, I don't understand, I guess, maybe this is just because we're not the full context, but when they ask who you are, or like, who are you, why he doesn't just say this, but instead says, I'm not the Christ. (laughs) Like, I'm John. Who do you think I am? (laughs) You know, they ask him, who are you? He says, I'm not the Christ. Instead of saying, I am the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the ways of the Lord, which he says, you know, a few verses later. So, I don't know, it's... This whole situation must have been so odd, right? Because at some point, John has a revelation from God that he needs to do this, and this is the role that he's serving. And at Mm -hmm. some point, the Messiah is going to show up and that his whole role is just to start, you know, sort of preparing the way and announcing uh, what's coming. So, like, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. We don't ever, that's not recorded anywhere. John the Baptist, like, initial revelation or call, all that's recorded is just him out in the wilderness. I, other than him, the very beginning with him, like, in, 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 like, Luke and stuff of being in Elizabeth, like, Elizabeth being his mom. and her. Right. Yeah. So we have, like, his birth so we, story. But so we have nothing. this huge, like, yeah. Jeez, just like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Although there, we do have you know that one story of Jesus in the uh, temple teaching, his, and then his parents leaving and not realizing that he was still there. But yeah, well, and then the other thing that like I you know just kind of hit me is 
his life is cut relatively short after this. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm like, I'm not going to make this huge stretch of like, you know, once your purpose is done, boom, God takes you home kind of a thing. But there's kind of that going on here with John the Baptist of, you know, he's, he's making, he's the voice in the wilderness. He's making the, the, the straight, the way of the Lord. And once that is sort of done, his time on earth here is relatively short. Yeah. You know, we don't have much, much story in between and then not much after. So. Yeah. We get the beginning, the climax, and then the really awful end. So they carry on and verse 25 says, they asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? What do you think about that question? Uh, it makes me go, I don't know much about baptism. Um, <laughs> because, you know, my 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 concept of baptism is, is very 20th, again, 20th century, you know, 21st century America. Um we baptize because you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that sort of thing. And clearly, um, I, I, like I'm, I'm, like I'm truly thinking of like, well, this was like a Jewish ritual, is what's hitting me. Like this is not a big surprise here. It's not even an evangelical Christian <laughs> ritual. But it's so it's a Jewish ritual, which I I I, I know at the very least it's a, a cleansing, at the a, a cleansing uh, ritual. Um, clearly, there's an expectation of whoever is doing it has some sort of uh, authority, and well, yeah, he's not a priest. Yeah. Right? Which is but but people that but I guess do you know do did they I mean in terms of Jewish I mean there baptism was, there was all sorts like there was the rites of purification okay right, where you sure you go in one side dirty and you walk through the water and you come out the other side mm-hmm. clean and uh, all that sort of stuff but what is interesting and we get this from the I keep saying what is interesting what is interesting gosh pick a different word. Um, <laughs> In the other, in the in the synoptic gospels, um, it's made clear that the people that John is baptizing are Jews, and not uh, not Gentiles. And so here he is proclaiming that the Messiah is coming in such a in such a compelling way that Jews are willing to be baptized by this man in a river in the wilderness because they are convinced that what he's saying is going to come true. Mm-hmm. And that is most likely the reason, if we can just deduce from what we have in Scripture, the reason why the Pharisees were like, yo, go see what's going on. There's this dude in the wilderness saying crazy things about the Messiah, and he's getting people to believe, and he's baptizing them. So either he's a crazy person or... He's the Christ or he's Elijah coming, right? Like they're trying mm-hmm. to tie There's, it to the prophecy. Like figure it out, find it out. <laughs> yeah, because if it's not Christ or Elijah, this guy needs to go away because he's yeah. causing a ruckus. 
Yeah, and I and I guess even in that, like, there's a little bit for me of just like, why was Elijah baptizing? You know, because he says, you know, I baptize with water, and um, is it baptism by like I'm drawing a blank? Baptism by fire is yeah, is what it says in the Synoptic Gospels. I, I okay. baptize with water, but the one coming will baptize with fire. You know, spirit. That, so like that, like. Our cliche of baptism by fire was like playing in my head, and I was like, "Is that right?" <laughs> is that not? Yeah. Well, and, and so, I, I guess ahead. to to sort of go off on that is the idea of like my baptism is surface level, right? It's just water. It's just it's it's a surface level cleanse. It is symbolic, mm-hmm. but the one that's coming after me, whose sandal I'm not even fit to hold he's the one that's going to make the real change, you know? And so that's, what a, what a weird spot to be in as a person. You know what I mean? Like, and it's your cousin. Yeah. And you're, and he's been perfect (laughs) your whole stinking life. And like, do you think he knows at this point that it's his cousin, Jesus? I don't think he does. No, because he's just preparing the way. Uh huh. Yeah, because because I think I think in, in when we get to twenty nine, I think that's when he has the like which we're not talking about tonight. But I think next time that's where we're gonna have the moment of he's like, oh, there he is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I wonder if part of him is like, man, I knew it. <laughs> now so, it all yeah. makes sense. This is like a conversation that like my wife and I have been having and my girls and I have been having of just that whole like, um, it, it's just funny when, when, um, you know, as you're studying scripture and there's people in your circle that are also studying scripture and you all have like common kind of experiences with as you're reading. And we've just all kind of had that same sort of like um, realization or maybe it's not even a, a realization. Maybe it's just a, a, a pondering, a question of, of like, like when did Jesus know that he was Jesus? And when did John the Baptist know that Jesus was like, we've all kind of had these like conversations lately of like, um, and, and, and I guess the way I would sum it up is I feel like we've all had these moments of, embracing or being more comfortable with the humanity of Jesus Mm -hmm. and the idea of maybe he didn't know everything, you know, cause that's, that's like, I, I, at least for me, I just, you know, you kind of put Jesus in this box of like, he's God. Yeah. Like from the time he was a kid, he knew everything. Well, as he a was day also old, six at one point. So he yeah, probably, like, it, but but even as a day old infant, he didn't like as a day old infant. Is he like I'm God? I'm yes. sent to save. This, <laughs> Look at you my know. beard. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, there was at some point. There, there has to be a point where yeah that changes. He he goes, and it's probably like you said. It's probably not when he's six. It's probably not even thirteen when he's talking in the synagogue. You know, and 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 they're all impressed with his ability. I think there's, and I could be completely wrong on this, but I'm guessing it's it's later in life than what I was traditionally, or as I grew up and I became a Christian and, and dealt with all this, just always thought that he knew he was God and have just had these moments. And then it's fun to have these conversations with my, like my wife and my kids of them kind of going, 
yeah, he couldn't have always known. Like, it's just not possible. So, anyway, I don't know if that makes any sense, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you in that. the The same would be true with with John the Baptist. Of did he know that Jesus was? And at some point, that had to be revealed to him. I don't think he always knew that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it says, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. Yeah. And that's, you know, he he clearly knows, regardless of who it is, that he is on a different... Well, yeah, he, he knows the station, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he knows the category of who is coming. Mm-hmm. And it's a singular, unique person, right? Yeah. I, yeah. So here's the other thing. Like we talked about like you know, when he knew it was Jesus or whatever, but like I wonder what the the timeline was between when he receives this call and this mission from God and then how long is it from that until – you know, verse 29 where he sees Jesus and goes, oh, mm-hmm. behold, the Lamb of God. Like, three months, ten years, like, how long is he anticipating and anticipating and, and you know, at this point being faithful, uh, carrying it out in the wilderness and preaching and just being the crazy guy, eating the locusts and honey and wearing animal fur and, you know, getting put in a DC talk song 2,000 years <laughs> later. And, like, how long was he faithful in his actions to the call that God put on his life until finally he baptizes Jesus. The spirit descends like a dove, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that like the payoff. Right. But like, I'm, I'm just curious, like what that must've been like for him as a person. Like we don't like to be the weird guy. We don't like to be ostracized. We don't necessarily like to be the attention of the authority. Like when the Pharisees are like, mm, right. Um, but here he is being the weird guy, living out in the wilderness, you know, uh, perhaps spreading a message that the Pharisees are not too keen on, <laughs> potentially. Uh, and it just, I don't know, I just, I've never thought about him in that way before. Uh, and, and not that the, the length of time is necessarily like a, an indicator of, um, what's the right word? I want to say value, but I don't know if that's right. But like, I, I guess it, I'm just curious what that must've been like for him, you know, to, to daily just kind of stick to it. You know, like this is what God said's going to happen and it hasn't happened yet. And just to keep, I don't know. That just, that's bouncing around my head a lot right now. Yeah. So I, you know, two things I, I think, you know, you nailed it, it, the faithfulness that's involved with that. Mm-hmm. Because again, you know, there's, there's different people that when we look through the the Bible that are upheld with, for their, you know, they were faithful. They did what, you know, like they didn't have all the information and yet they were faithful. And that's clearly John's case. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would even argue that he carried a heavier burden than anybody else in terms of that faithfulness because you're declaring the Messiah. And then I, yeah. And then, so I'm with you. I don't know how long it was. It doesn't matter how long it was because 
to be in that position of, of being somebody that's declaring that, that faithfulness, I suspect it was probably longer than we think, mm-hmm. or at least it's longer than what I think, because that seems to be, um, the, 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 the way it, God does things. And so ha- having read this in the past and, and not really thought about it, you know, it's like, I'm literally like, okay, so John starts declaring them. I'm making the way for the Messiah. And then a few days later or a few weeks later, Jesus is on the scene. And the reality is, is it probably was months, if not years that he was doing this before Jesus showed up on the scene. And I don't really have anything to like base that on other than <laughs> that seems to be the way God does things. It tends to be longer than what we think. Well, yeah, because again, here, like we get the end of the story. The Pharisees send their people out. They kind of interview him. And then verse 29 starts the next day he saw Jesus coming. So like we get the snapshot of the final mm-hmm. 24 hours, essentially, of yeah. John's mission. And we're not told. So, yeah, I I always kind of thought he was like out there for like a week or two, like just long right. enough for them to catch wind of it and be like, what the heck's going yeah. on? But I think to your point, it was probably a lot longer than a week or two. Well, and I even guess I'm guessing that the reality of that, that information traveling probably could have been months, if not years. But uh, yeah, because it says that he was ultimately we don't know. Yeah, we don't have a a record per se. Yeah, but and I I guess the point is, is whether it was two weeks or two months or two years, right? Like he was faithful until the mission was accomplished. And when he saw that it was his cousin, his perfect cousin, (laughs) he (laughs) didn't, he didn't do what most of us would do and be like, Oh, this guy, you know, and just like, (laughs) I can't do it. God, anybody, but him, anybody. (laughs) No, he, he saw him and he realized what was happening Behold the Lamb of God, and they went. They finished it, uh, you know. And in some of the um, stories, uh, or some of the um, coverage of this in the different Gospels, it says that like, no, 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 you're the, you should be baptizing me, like to Jesus, like I, <laughs> I'm not like I'm not even worthy, you know. Uh, so faithful and humble to the end, um, you know, and then gets beheaded because people are evil. Yes. Yeah. Man. So John the And then it's 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 important to note that these places took in took these uh things took place in Bethany across from the Jordan. (laughs) Indeed. I was trying to find a map in my Bible, but I didn't have I don't know if my Bible has maps. How sad is that? It's a past. I have. It should have maps. I have the world of the patriarchs, the Exodus from Egypt, the twelve tribes of Israel, <laughs> Israel under Saul, David, and Solomon. And then there's like this kind of close-up of of what Jerusalem looked like. And this has been the table of contents with Dave. (laughs) (laughs) So I have maps, but none that really put us with. Oh, well, it was across the Jordan. So they had to cross cross the the river. 
to get to him. And the Jordan goes from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea, or the Dead Sea to the... No, Dead Sea to the Sea of Galilee. No, the other way. Sea of Galilee <laughs> to the Dead Sea. Right? Is that right? Because the Dead Sea is a Dead Sea that nothing flows out of it, and that's why it's the Dead Sea. Well, yeah, because it has a super high salt. You can float in it. The salt, the salt concentration is so high that you can float in it. Nothing can live in it, really. And the dirt is so supposed sad. to be very good for your skin because it's rich in minerals. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, well. I don't know. What I, else I think to we're say. at the end there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. Oh no, I'm good with we're okay. We're, yeah. I, you know, we we um is as much time as we've spent talking about the gospels and Jesus and all that kind of stuff. It was um fun to kind of look at another biblical character that we haven't spent much time on and looking at John the Baptist. So yeah, he often is like a footnote in the story, right? Which I think is yeah. a bit of a disservice. To the role yeah. that he played. So it was good yep. to dedicate a whole 35 minutes to it. <laughs> <laughs> we got you, John. All right. Well, I think that's uh, episode 217 of the Masterclass. Um, if you want to say hi, like, I don't have any social media on my phone anymore. I just got rid of it. Like, either. I still have my accounts. So, I, <laughs> like, no one else can, like, you know, take my name, but like <laughs> I have no social media on my phone anymore. Uh, so if you want to say hi, you can email <laughs> masterclassfm at gmail.com, baby. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and show notes are supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 217 or in your podcast app of choice. I found a new podcast app, Dave. It's called Snipped, S-N-I-P-D, because you just can't spell these things correctly at all. It's not allowed. (laughs) And it's really neat because you can um, make snips as you're listening or clips. Oh, nice. And then you can, uh, it'll transcribe them for you oh wow and then you can export your snips to readwise or obsidian or logsec or notion or all the nerdy different knowledge management apps that are out there um and so i use it and i export it to my obsidian vault and it's especially like if you're into podcasts like this where it's theological or educational or you know non-fiction type stuff uh it's a really really helpful podcast app because then you can keep that audio as text but it also has the audio clip in it and anyways it's just really neat and it's free right now uh so get in before they start charging people money for it is all i'm saying there you go yeah Uh, enjoy enjoy it while it's free um any any parting words dave of wisdom or funny Uh, (laughs) no i don't have anything okay i have have something that you can determine if it's funny or not gotcha why why are chickens funny why are chickens funny? I do not know why chickens are funny. Because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, you got a giggle out of me. Uh-huh. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. Well, I think we're just going to call it there. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye.